Hello and welcome to another episode of Beauty and Birth Podcast. Today I'm very excited because I have my best friend Missy on the podcast. Um, and yeah, it was really fun to record with her. I did want to kind of give a little bit of a disclaimer that it is a tra- more traumatizing birth story. So yeah, I'm very proud of her for being able to like to come on here and talk about it because that's not easy if you feel traumatized from your birth story um but that is part of the reason that we waited a little longer to do it um because I did come and visit her in March but she didn't feel ready to talk about it then since it was new and fresh but um when I visited just a bit just a couple weeks ago she was ready to talk about it though she's still processing through it but yeah, so I'm very happy and proud of her that she was able to come on and share it because it's always good. Even though it's hard to hear the rough birth stories, it's those are they happen sometimes, so it's good to hear those as well as the good. But if you can't handle hearing a story like that's more traumatizing than just a listen because this one is a bit more traumatizing. So, um. Yeah, so I'm super excited about hers. Uh, I did want to also apologize for the recording this time. We recorded it outside at her in-law's house. And because there was like people inside and stuff, so we went outside. But unfortunately, I didn't realize it caught so much of the wind. There was quite a bit of wind, but I didn't think that it was catching as much as it did so there are it will make you feel like you're outside listening to this which is kind of cool but also the wind does pick up sometimes and then it kind of you can still hear everything we're saying it's just um it's just kind of loud in certain parts and I don't really know how to fix that I'm not super techie with I can figure stuff out but I'm not super techie with like editing audio so I'm pretty basic so I don't really know how to edit that out um And then also, I talk about it in the podcast, but our children are with us at different points. We actually had to take a lot of breaks because of the kids, the babies. um, And so you can hear them crying at certain points. So I apologize for that. But hopefully that won't affect too much of the listening. Um, I also wanted to say that give a little update we of my trip to visit missy which was really fun i had a blast with her but unfortunately on my way back luckily i was only 20 minutes out but um our car our only car broke down because it's partly my fault the radiator blew apparently which we had no idea because we'd have been having no troubles with it and um so because of that, it overheated, and I don't really know much about cars, and I saw the temperature sign come on at one point, but didn't know I had to stop within like five to ten seconds, otherwise you can ruin the engine. So I drove on it, and also partly because I was on the highway, and I really didn't want to pull over with my six-month-old daughter in the back of the car, so on just the side of the highway, that just sounded kind of sketchy. So I was like fearful of doing that, because I also had no service in the States, it just shut down completely so I was able to get off the next exit near a gas station and then I had these four amazing women help me which was really really sweet um they were so nice I was able to get it towed 
for free through one of their insurance, which was amazing. And then I just stayed at Missy's another night. She came and picked me up. And then they basically said it was going to be like eight grand to fix because the engine was just totally kaput. So the car's not worth that. It's a 2010 and we paid like not very much for it. So yeah, we were like, we do not, we're not doing that. So my amazing sister, Megan, who I've had on the podcast before, came all the way down and picked me up. Um, Missy's husband did drive me out an hour, which was also really sweet. They were really nice and helped me out a lot. But um, Megan drove a bunch to come get me, which was really, really nice of her. So thankful. I'm thankful to God that I was only 20 minutes out and that everything went okay and I had amazing people help me. And it is definitely sucky, but um, in the end, uh, it's okay. We wanted to get a van in like a year anyway. So we're just getting it a little earlier than we thought. And I'm actually really excited to get one and have some more space. So, yeah, that's the craziness that happened over the past couple weeks is then I went back to my parents and everything. And, yeah, it's just been kind of crazy. We went camping as well. So summer is a busy time. Um, Yeah, we're going with Joel's family. We're going to... NBC, which is a Christian camp, and they have a trailer. Joel's family has a trailer there, and we're going there this weekend. We're actually leaving today, so that's exciting. Anyways, that's enough of the updates. I should get into the birth story, so let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Beauty of Birth Podcast. Today, I am here with my best friend from Michigan, Missy. Not from Michigan, but okay. Hi. I'm very excited to have her on the podcast, and um, yeah. So, Missy, first start out by telling a little bit about your family and what you like to do for fun. Okay. My family is my husband, Charlie, and my now child, Levi. Um, I How old? Uh, he's four months old now. Um, my husband is 23. So my family all lives in Michigan now. I was from Maryland and then I got them all to move here. So it's pretty sweet. Um, What do I do for fun? Um, How old are you? Oh, I'm 23. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Um, Hang out with friends, honestly. That's that's something I love to do. Bonfires in the summer, going to the beach, uh, swimming movies yeah nice yeah so how was your pregnancy um my pregnancy was very all right I don't love being pregnant but uh first first trimester oh I was pretty nauseous even though I've heard that you're not as nauseous with boys I still felt like I was pretty nauseous I just didn't throw up that much but I was like really nauseous like all the time not even just in the morning but all day long and it sucked and then at like 13 14 weeks I started to stop being nauseous which was really nice and then I just started getting a bigger and bigger belly and then like kicking just got I think I started feeling him kick at 18 weeks Second trimester is definitely like the golden trimester where you're just feel the 
best in pregnancy because you're just not that big yet but mm-hmm. you still like get to look pregnant and feel your baby and all and then you're not sick anymore um at least I wasn't um and then third trimester didn't love just I felt like really big and I ended up having a huge baby and he was really strong so he would like kick my hips out and he would like kick my cervix my word it was not a fun time uh and I like didn't sleep that well because he would wake up at night when I would lay down so then he'd just be like moving all over and it was just hard to sleep um so pregnancy is not my favorite (laughs) not the worst but not my favorite yeah you didn't have too much morning sickness though, right? No, just first trimester. And then like randomly in the third trimester, like some days I would feel like nauseous for some reason. Oh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, that, that was weird. Brittany has it too, my sister. She also has it sometimes in pregnancy. Okay. Her th- third trimester. Not to the point where I'd throw up, but just weird nauseousness. Did you have any cravings or anything? Mac and cheese and apples and peanut butter. Nice. Yeah, I you don't- eat that a lot? I did. I don't want apples and peanut butter at all anymore. Really? No. And oh. I ate so ate so much when I was pregnant. And Maybe I, that's why, because you ate so much. You're just like, I'm done. I am. Um, and then I do want mac and cheese still, but I can't because my baby is lactose intolerant oh, and yeah, I'm breastfeeding. That's, so That's really fun. When yeah. That you got to love that. We love babies. We, lo- we love them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're ready to go into your fun, fun labor? Ooh. You know it. Let's do this thing. All right, start from the beginning. All right. Give the details. So I never really had Braxton Hicks, um, but I was usually pretty uncomfortable at night, especially in the third trimester. It just, it would just feel like tight some nights, and especially I was two, I was two weeks overdue, so I was, yeah, I was ready to be done, and it was pretty tight. My stomach was very tight, and he was just ready to come out. I feel like so it just wasn't comfortable at night. Um, so I never was comfortable sleeping anyway. And then I think like 2 a.m. I just kept waking up because I was just like, oh, I just feel really So what day was it? So when were you due and then what I day was I was due this? on February 2nd. Okay. Which is so unfortunate because he didn't come on his due date and it would have been a 2-2-2-2 two, 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 two yeah. birthday. Yeah, ooh, that would have been so cool. I know, I know. You know, it's his own dang fault. Um, anyway. Um... <laughs> But nicer for me. You were like almost two weeks late. So then I was almost two weeks yeah. late. So I went into labor on February 15. How was the waiting for that? Um, <laughs> it was like nice in a way because I was like, oh yeah, I have more time to be nesting. Okay. But then I was also like, okay, I'm really ready to be done. Yeah, because like, you get really so big. Sick of being pregnant. Yeah. Those like it's it's those last overdue weeks that for me too, I suddenly felt like huge. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm really done. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, like, when it's your first baby especially, you just want to meet them already. You're just so excited to meet them and, like, what are they going to look like and everything. Yeah, for sure. And, like, the anticipation of going into labor and the pain and all. You know, you're all freaked out about it. So, you know, it's whatever. Um, anyway, so it's, like, 2 a.m. and I just keep waking up and I'm not able to sleep. And I really wasn't able to sleep much at all that night. Um, but I just thought I was just in pain because I had been in similar pain throughout the past, like, few weeks. Okay. So I was like, oh, I'm, I wasn't really thinking much of it. And then, like, 8 a.m., I'm just, like, really tired because I didn't really sleep. And I'm just sort of noticing, like, a little bit of a pattern with them. And I was like, mm, maybe these are contractions. Like, maybe. And then I started to time them. And then I was like, oh, I think they are. And then I had my friend, my friend's uh, mom, she's a doula. 
and we were she was texting me like are, are you in labor yet and then I was like actually I think I am and then she called me and then I'm, she could tell over the phone that I was in labor she was like oh yeah Missy you're definitely in labor and I was like oh okay so then I called my mom and told my husband and my mom wasn't really rushed at all because I was just you know usually a first labor takes a while so we just expected that I would probably be home for a while before I went to the hospital because you're uh-huh. supposed to wait, you know, until you're, what is it again? Like, three, it's like one f- minute contractions that are three minutes apart or something that are like four, that. It's like the 411, so four minutes apart. One. Lasting. One minute. Yeah, they have to last one minute. minute. Yeah. And then for an hour. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's a huge <laughs> Yeah. So... Um, so then my mom, like, wasn't really rushed because she was like, oh, you know, you probably just started labor. It's probably going to be a long time with your first baby and all. But then she got to my house at probably, like, 11 a.m. And I had told my husband, I was like, oh, he's like, I'm in labor, but you probably can finish up your work day. Like, don't worry about me. Um, and my mom came in and she was like, I would, and I was struggling. Like, I was starting to, like, have to, like, lean on stuff. And I, like, couldn't talk during them. And then my mom was like, mm, you're, I think, farther along than I thought you were. You probably should call your husband and maybe go to the hospital soon. And then the longer she was there, she was only what there. What time is it? Well, it was 11 a.m. when she got there. And then it was, okay. like, 11.30 a.m. when she was like, okay, you, you gotta really go. should go. Because um, my, my contractions were, like, the time that they said I should go to the hospital. So... Um, called Charlie home. He came home, took a shower, just didn't really pack a bag. Don't ask why. <laughs> pack himself any clothes. Uh, <laughs> then we went off to the hospital. Um, got to the hospital, and I was like really feeling him. Um, and apparently, so it was like a full moon the night before. So the labor and delivery was like packed with women. There was like five other women. And this is a little hospital. And my there were like word. five other women in, in labor at the same time as me. And we were all first babies too, which was oh my crazy. Word. Yeah. It's the full moon. It was the full we're moon. It really does stuff. Um, so then they were like, had to call in extra nurses and stuff. So we had some random nurse there who wasn't doesn't usually work there, which is unfortunate because she oh, was shoot. not very nice. She was really like, you could tell she was like really annoyed that she had to be working. And I was just like, it sucks. So when I got there, we had to wear masks and all because it was February. And I don't know. They were all being they still cared about it. paranoid about it. Um, so then she was telling me that I had to get blood work done for, like, something. So I'm, like, in the middle of contractions. And they're like, take my blood. And then... She's like, oh, and then you need to do a COVID test. And I didn't really, I didn't want to do a COVID test, but she was like, otherwise, like, we're going to make you wear a mask. And I was like, I'm not wearing a mask. And later mm-hmm. they were like, well, you need to do this. So that was annoying. So then I had a COVID test done, which sucked while you're like in labor. It's just uncomfortable. Yeah, for just sure. Just to like add on top of things. And then they were like, okay, so you're having a natural birth, right? That's what all your paperwork says. And I was like, no, I told them I wanted an epidural. And they were like, well, that, she was like, well, that doesn't, isn't what any of your paperwork says. I was like, okay, great. Well, I want an epidural. And she was like, well, then we need to take more blood work. And I was like, seriously? And then she was like, and then we need to do an IV. And I was like, oh my gosh. To make sure my, if I needed blood. I haven't heard of that before. If I needed like, if I like lost a lot of blood, then they would know what my blood type is to give me or something like that. And I was like, okay, whatever. 
they I didn't appreciate it because she was pretty much like telling me not really giving me a choice she was pretty much saying like if you don't do it like you're gonna get bad care like we're not gonna care for you very well if you don't do it so I did not appreciate her attitude at all that's annoying it was annoying um so and I'm like trying to labor and all this is happening and then she puts this IV in that is like really painful and it doesn't feel good at all and she's like it'll go away like and it never did the entire time I was in the hospital it hurt and I was like okay which is not apparently abnormal because I've talked to a few other women who had that same type of the like upper wrist IV and it's just your skin's like tight there and it just it's not a fun time the whole time it's in um and then she was like oh and then I'm like I'm gonna check you now and when she checked me she was not gentle she was pretty rough and it was pretty painful when she checked me so I was like okay you're really annoying um and she said I was three centimeters dilated oh yeah so I was like "Hmm, kind of frustrating after all that time yeah I mean it didn't really feel like that long because I think it was I think it was like noon at this point like it all happened pretty fast like I don't know. It and you didn't even... feel like uh, it wasn't super intense or anything? It wasn't super okay. intense, no. It was intense enough that I was like, I, I mean, I was definitely in labor, but it wasn't like I was really screaming or like yeah, yeah, like moaning or much. I was pretty much just like internalizing it at that point. Um, and then I think it was like, it's hard to know, honestly, sometimes labor feels like a blur because it's just all happened so fast. <laughs> Then I think like an hour later, it didn't take too long actually to get my epidural. Um, and then the anesthesiologist came in. And at that point I was honestly like, I feel like I could do it without. Yeah. I just didn't really feel like the need. And honestly, I was so needled out by that point. I had so many needles already. Yeah. I was like, like I, I hate needles. And I was like, I really, ugh, whatever. I was like, if it's going to give me like a pain-free birth, then I guess I'll just go for it. Yeah. And he, and I did, but it was like five minutes of having a needle in your spine and it is like that you can like really feel it it was extremely painful which is something that I didn't no one really told me everyone was like well you're in so much pain from labor that you won't feel it Uh uh-uh it's in your spine you feel it it is very painful while you're having contractions at the same time yeah so so I was like oh my word and you have to like be perfectly still you have to be perfectly still because he's like otherwise you're gonna get a really bad spinal headache while you're in labor and I was like oh geez so I yeah it was not a fun time at all but I was like okay but I'm gonna get it like a pain-free labor from this so okay just go for it like it's it's gonna be done soon finally he's done and I like lay back and I was like waiting for it to kick in because I was like okay now that I like am stuck in this position while I'm feeling contractions like sitting down I was like okay butter kicking fast because this is really uncomfortable and it like really slowly kicks in like really slowly like I barely it was not really helping for a while and then I did not like the feeling of my legs going numb Mm. it just it feels really weird and it's not comfortable like they felt all tingly and stuff and it just it did not feel good and then like if you don't if they don't like prop your body up properly like it'll only like go to one side right so it started like going to one side and then they had to put like pillows under me for it to like start to go to the other side because then like you only feel contractions on one side of your body um but they only did that once so then all the contract so then all the like numbing medication went to my right side and then i didn't get it on my left side because they didn't maneuver the pillows again oh my word so which is something that apparently they're supposed to do to make sure it like disperses properly 
So, and this is apparently like a great hospital. Like everyone told me to go to this hospital because it's great and they do great care. <laughs> Was your OB there? No. No, my, I never saw my OB that I had seen throughout my life, my, throughout my Oh, wait, pregnancy. so this is a different OB? Wait, they, you get whatever OB's on call. Oh, so, so they you, have, like, five different OBs. I thought it was you your get OB that delivered. Call. No, oh, it, was it wasn't my even. OB. Okay, no. did you like your OB more? No. You didn't really like her, no. right? My favorite and the only, I, I liked Olsen. Olsen is the lady I had while I was laboring, but she did not deliver my baby. Okay. And then I liked this other doctor, Fastbender. He was really good. I really wish I had him. He was... Out of all the checks I had, like, um, for, like, my cervix, like, the whole time, he was by far the most gentle. Okay. And I was the most scared because I was like, oh, it's a man doing it. Like, I yeah. Don't I think it's going to be more painful. By far the least painful. I think he was just a lot more gentle because I think yeah. the women are just like, well, get over it. Like, you know, what I don't, they just were way more harsh about it. I don't know why. That is weird. Um, and then... Um, so I'm like laboring and the epidural kicks in enough where I can sort of relax a little. So I was able to relax for a bit. Um, this was probably like, I want to say it's probably like 2 PM by the time that I'm sort of starting to able to relax okay. a little bit. Okay. It's probably like two or three, honestly. And then they check me and they're like, Oh, you're like a five. And then they, Oh yeah. And then they have to put, um, a catheter in right because you can't get up to pee so but you don't really feel it because you're numbed up down there so that's wait did they put a catheter in then i can't even remember maybe they did i have heard that before i think they do whatever um and then they check me again and i'm like seven or eight at like an hour later and then they're like we're gonna break your water and I was like I don't want you to break my water like it's moving really fast like yeah, there's no yeah. reason to break my water and she was gonna just do it without even asking she was just like okay I'm gonna break your water and I was like uh I don't want you to break my water and she was All like right. well you should think about it and I was like why there's like no problem like I'm progressing really fast whatever and then they come in like 30 minutes later and she's like well you're like an eight and a half now now can I break your water and I was like okay fine whatever so he breaks my water and then another hour goes by and it's like 4.30 and then they were like, you're like nine and a half centimeters. And then this is when I get the new OB comes on call. The one that delivers my baby. Oh. Dawn DeWitt. Listen guys, nah, mm. not the lady, not her. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then she's like, okay, you're like nine and a half. Like you should start pushing soon. And I didn't feel like I had to push at all, but then they checked me uh, 30 more minutes later and they're like, you're a 10, all right, time to start pushing, which is actually against the code for when you're supposed to start pushing because when you're a first time mom and you're, and you're in labor, you're, they tell you to wait an hour or two after you get 10 centimeters dilated before you start pushing because you're so, your service is so like new to all of this. Right, right. You really shouldn't start pushing right away unless you really feel like you have to. I felt no desire to push right, at right. all. And they were like, you have to start pushing. And the nurse is like, you have to, like, we're going to make this baby get out of you like fast. And I was like, okay. It's like they're just trying to get it. It just felt like it was fast. all rushed. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, yeah, there's like four other women that are pushing now too. It's like, so let's like get this done. And I was not, like, okay. Yeah. Like it just, nothing felt right. From the moment I walked in the hospital, it didn't feel right. It mm-hmm. just felt like this is not the way God designed it. Yeah. It's genuinely what I felt like. Yeah. 
and that's just me but that's how I felt um I am more naturally minded usually too yeah so, yeah um I really did want to do a natural home birth but I was really too scared of the pain so I was well, like and I plus can get with it your insurance and right stuff, and then I was what... all covered I was like well then I'm might as well just go for it and yeah. it's a first birth so like what happens if something goes wrong and I'm not in the hospital right all that stuff whatever so then I'm pushing and I'm 10 centimeters dilated and it's probably like five o'clock yeah it's 5 p.m and I have no desire to push but I keep pushing and I keep pushing and could then you feel down there really like um I on could half one side no by that point it was honestly wearing off completely oh okay. like I could so feel even. I could feel a lot by then okay so I was like feeling it and I was like, like this doesn't really feel the best, but like I, and I also really don't feel like I should be pushing yet. It just doesn't feel like time. Did you ask for more dosage? Because apparently you're supposed to keep asking for more to come in. I did say it like hurt. I oh. was saying it like hurts, but then they were just saying nothing about it. Oh. That's like, weird. Yeah. I felt very like ignored. Yeah. That was pretty Sounds much like it. <laughs> they very much ignored me. Which is ridiculous. I've heard this from other um, birth stories I've listened to as well of hospital births where they feel like the nurse is just like or doctor or whatever is just not even paying attention to, to like what they're trying to say yeah and like they're listening to their own body but they're just like no we know better than your yeah, body yeah yeah and it's like mm, no no you actually don't yeah How about that <laughs> um so then I'm pushing and then it's like been an hour which an hour of pushing for your first baby is like not long at all and no. yeah they were saying there were other women that had been pushing for like six plus hours in the hospital at me as me at the same time awful yeah i so, cannot imagine i know i was like whoa the pushing is i really don't i know i was like oh i hope i'm not pushing that long anyway it's like been an hour and the ob comes in and she like grabs the lights and like the nurses come in and like she's like all right we're gonna get this baby out and i was like okay and like when she was in there it started to get more and more painful because like baby was coming down more but it was a lot of work to like get him out which it really shouldn't be as much work it's like yes you do have to push but if you're pushing when your body is ready to push you're, it will work with you like it'll yeah. help push yeah. your baby out I don't think my body was working with me because yeah I don't feel like I was really I don't I think it was very rushed yeah yeah. So then we're like pushing and pushing and the OB is like all right like push harder and she's being like really harsh with me down there like she starts like pulling me apart and like like stretching it out and like really roughly and like I was just like that saying really like painful? yes it was really painful uh, and I kept saying like ow 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 and she was just like she was like oh, no I need to do this I have to do this and I was like ow okay and then um I'm pushing and it's like going okay and then it gets to the end of pushing so it's been like 30 minutes and like baby starts to like really come out which was like extremely painful and I was like crying in pain a little bit and as like my baby was crowning she my OB decides to just rip my baby out of me so she just reaches she didn't her say anything right nope she said what were they talking about nothing. shoulder dystocia nothing my baby's heart rate was great pushing was going good nothing was happening she just reaches in all the way up to her elbow into me and rips my baby out of me which while i was crowning most horrific pain of my entire life it sounds awful. it was horrific it was horrific um so i'm like screaming in pain and she's like oh i just had to do that because he had shoulder dystocia and I was just like, we did not. 
No, we did not. That his heart rate would have gone down. They would have maneuvered me. Something like that. There's, yeah, like, there's at no least way. Try they would have. Else. Right. Like even if you have an epidural, you can still do things. There were like ten nurses in the room. I was like, you guys can maneuver me. I'm not that big of a person. Yeah, like try like, something else. Try padding. I don't know. Like try. No, my in my else. OB, my original OB at that same hospital was like afterwards was like, yeah, well, I don't know why she didn't. There's like she like named off like three or four different things that yeah, they are supposed yeah. to try. It's to again, get it's shoulder all rush. Out. It was all rush, doesn't rush, care rush, about rush, you. Rush. I was not cared about in the slightest. So then I just get my baby completely ripped out of me. And I obviously tear horribly because of that. And I start hemorrhaging, obviously, because I had my baby ripped out of me. Yeah. So I'm hemorrhaging and I start losing a lot of blood. I'm screaming and crying in pain. And they're like, put my baby on my chest. And they're like, look at your baby. Look how cute he is. And I was just like, I'm in too much pain. Like, I can't even, I don't care. Yep. I'm in way too much pain to even care right now. And then they're like, well. Did they give you your baby right away? They did. They okay. did. But I genuinely couldn't even enjoy it at all. Yep. I was just in excruciating You're like, it's pain. not relief. It's not like the normal relief. No, absolutely not. If anything, it was even more painful because I had, because she did that, I ripped to an almost fourth degree uh, and she spent an hour and a half after giving me stitches yeah. which were extremely extremely painful and I mean I lost over two liters of blood which is a lot of blood to lose so I was getting nauseous I was getting lightheaded I they was give in, you a shot for the blood oh they gave me like six they kept like oh putting all kinds of needles all in my legs and stuff. okay so they shot me up with a lot of shots of like pitocin and all and stop the bleeding it didn't really work. And they were just sewing me up all over the place. I got like over 100 stitches down there. My word. And then finally it's like calmed down. They start cleaning up. There's blood everywhere. They start cleaning it up. Finally I like can breathe a second once they're done stitching me up and like look at my baby and not be like screaming in pain. Um, and I'm very thankful for Charlie because he was such a rock through it. And he was so calm and so um just encouraging he was really amazing I'm really 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 thankful for him um and then after it they really wanted to give me a I almost they almost took me to an emergency surgery they almost did because of the hemorrhaging um but thankfully it stopped enough that she was like okay well we'll just do we really think you should have a blood transfusion and i was like i right that's when they give you blood yep i was like i don't want blood i was like i don't because my i've heard stories um you really don't want hospital blood if, like random other people's blood if you can help it because you don't know what those people's lifestyles are like and you oh. don't know if you can trust their blood that it's going to be like healthy for you to go in your body like you can actually have like irreparable damage from getting bad blood oh my word so i was like at all costs my sister was telling me like don't get it unless you you just can't live without it yeah and yeah like, and i mean i felt terrible after losing all that blood i felt really lightheaded really nauseous and i did end up throwing up after um I was just so like nauseous and everything and then and I was so exhausted too and they were like you really need to get blood and I was like no I don't want it I don't want it and they kept trying to pressure me and I was like no I don't want it finally they left me alone and I took and they were like we're gonna give you they were like we'll get we're gonna give you two hours to like nap and if you don't feel better after two hours then we're gonna give you blood and I was like whatever so then I slept 
And then after two hours, I, they came in and I was like, I'm feeling better. I stopped feeling as lightheaded as I was. And I started to get a little color back on my face. Thankfully, I had really, really high um, hemoglobin levels before mm. I went in. So they were like, thankfully, you know, you had that going for you. So it did, wasn't as bad as it could have been. So then after that, they just had to keep doing like padsicles for me. Like they had like these diapers, they called them that would, they would make where they like stuffed a diaper with ice and then they'd like put it in where the stitching is and all. Okay. And they had to do, they did those like every two or three hours for me because I was in so much pain. So what so time in, were you, was he born at? He was born way? at um, 6.30 p.m., 6.34 or something on February 15th. Um, and he was nine and a half pounds, nine, five, nine pounds, five ounces. Um, and 22 inches long. He was a big boy. He was a big boy. I got a he picture and I thought he was even more than that. I thought he was like a 10 pound baby. I know. He looks <laughs> freaking massive. <laughs> I know. He is, and he still is a big Yeah, baby. he's a chonker. Because that's what I get from marrying a tall guy. <laughs> Don't do it. It sounds like a fun time, but just wait till you give birth to their massive babies. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh... So then thankfully the nurses that I had after the math were incredible. I had the most incredible nurses that helped me heal. I was there for like two days after and the nurses just like took me under their wing and they were like really tried to help me be as comfortable as I could be after all that trauma. So that was really a, a blessing for sure. Right. Um, and I wasn't allowed to have visitors at the time because of COVID. And honestly, that ended up being a blessing because I could not have handled visitors after all that trauma. Right. So that sort of worked out. And then, oh, and I was so hungry in, in labor and they, I couldn't eat because of the epidural, but I wanted, I was so hungry. And, but then after losing all the blood, then I wasn't hungry anymore. Oh and then after I like slept it off, then I got so hungry. So what I it got, was your like, first meal after? Mm, it was like breakfast from the How hospital. Was it? it was good because I was starving, but it wasn't good. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It was good because I was starving. So, um, but I've had better hospital food before at other hospitals. Anyway, um, then I was there for like two days, and it was really rough. Um, and oh, and just just to really be the icing on the cake, yep. um, my baby was born with a tooth. So, oh yeah. Um, so he had a tooth like in the upper roof of his mouth, like where his front teeth would be. Um, so then that made breastfeeding really painful because, you know, that doesn't feel good. So I had to use a nipple shield for like, until it fell out, I used a nipple shield. So, but then after that, breastfeeding was pretty good. Yeah, that's I good. didn't really have any problems and he put on weight well. We didn't get the part about when you said when your OB came in. And oh, oh, so my OB came in that I had during my pregnancy, not who delivered my baby, but who I had during my pregnancy. And she was like, oh, I'm so glad that you were in the hospital can you imagine if you weren't in the hospital you would have died probably like oh I'm just so thankful you were here and I was just like hmm um you're actually full of crap I would have never even had any of this trauma mm -hmm. if it weren't for you guys I probably would have had a beautiful birth um yeah and it would have been great um and I did end up later telling that that OB I was who was very against home births because I told her about my sister at home births and she was always like, oh, that's really dangerous. That's really bad. And then I told her later after that, and I was like, just so you know, I will never be having a hospital birth ever again because of this experience. 
I told yeah. her, and she was just like, she didn't say anything. She oh, awkward. No, she was. She like couldn't say anything else because she knew how bad it was, and she knew. I mean, deep down, she must have known. Yeah. It was. It Not was good. the OB's yeah. fault, and she was just like, "Well, I can offer you trauma counseling," and I was just like, "No, like what's done is done, and I'm never coming back to the hospital again. Yeah. I will be giving birth at my home or a birth center from now on with a midwife that I trust wholeheartedly." Yep. I think people need to make sure that they don't get an OB on call. You make sure you know who that OB is or you make sure you know who that midwife is and you make sure you have a good relationship with them and you trust them with your life because it could be a life or death situation. And it almost was for me. I mean, I lost over two liters of blood because of what this OB did. So thankfully my baby was okay and thankfully in the end I was okay, but I I am traumatized, very traumatized by the whole situation. Do you feel still feel like you're processing through it or do you feel like you're okay now? I'm I don't I am still processing it yeah. I think I've gotten a lot better because I've been talking about it more with people and the more you talk right. about it the less you know tech whatever um, right. like you get more used to it but I'd say it's something that I'm always gonna like look back on and be sad about for the rest right. of my life and right. I and it does like make me scared to give birth next time in a way I want to give birth because I want to take back like I want to feel empowered by my experience and I want to have a beautiful right. birth um but in another way, I'm just dead scared about yeah. it. How was okay. your postpartum experience? Um, it was it was not great for down there for my like mental health. Like I was didn't have any postpartum blues or depression, thankfully. Right. Um, uh, breastfeeding was pretty easy after his tooth fell out, and then the worst was I had two months of like constant bleeding because of all the trauma trauma down there and I couldn't sit for two months and and without it being like really painful and then I went to like a six week like no I think it was no I went to like my (coughs) sorry six week postpartum visit with that OB that I had throughout my pregnancy and she like had to take a bunch of stitches out that weren't healing right which was super painful um thankfully though after that it was more bearable to sit because a lot of the stitches weren't dissolving properly so when she took them out it wasn't all these stitches poking into me um so that was good at least but it was very painful in the moment um I took a lot of sits baths to like help with the pain yeah but it was like I would have to have my husband pick me up out of the bath because I couldn't stand up by myself I was and I would be like sobbing as he did it because any movement like big movement would just be excruciatingly painful that's so awful um yeah it was really really awful thankfully I'm not like permanently damaged but but remember tell about what she said about your hymen too oh yeah she told me while I, right after I had given birth and I was bleeding out, she was like, oh, your hymen tore. So I'm going to sew your hymen back together because it tore. So she sewed my hymen back together, which is great. So ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just trauma upon trauma, honestly. Yeah. Um, when do you think you felt like after postpartum that you could move around easily and it wouldn't like hurt anymore? I would say probably three months. Until okay. I really felt like I was more back to yeah. normal. Is that when you were cleared too for like being healed? No, I never. I was supposed to go back for another visit and I never did because I was like, I don't want to see those OBs yep. ever again. Yep. I don't I don't think they have the best mind of women in, 
and they do not have your best interest in mind. Well, they're just thinking of you as a patient and not as a person. No, they think of me as a piece of meat. That's how I felt. Okay. I felt like a piece of meat to them. I didn't feel like they give what I yeah. felt, how I was treated. Not personal. Like. No, no. Were your visits ever personal? Did they ever ask you about you or were they just like... No, pretty pretty much she just wanted me to do what she wanted. And if I didn't, she'd just tell me, oh, if you don't do this, you could be killing your baby. Yeah, That's like literally how she did it. I've heard this too, of just like making seems things seem so dramatic like oh yeah it scares a lot of people practically lying like they fear they try and use yeah. fear against you if you don't do, do your want. research or know like what you want and yeah. solidly like they can really sway people mm-hmm. because they're like fear like making you fearful of it especially if you're like already a fearful person right which i was not so i was able, yeah no, you I, were I pushed back a bit against her yeah. but she did not like me because i did that yeah that's so, definitely part of the only the only ob that i had met that was that was respectful was the man michael yeah. fassbender he was the only ob that was respectful of my wishes yeah and was the most gentle when Aww, he had checked too bad me. you didn't have him i know it would have been a probably completely yeah. different outcome. might have been a great yeah it would have it could have been an amazing experience you yeah. know i'm not gonna think about i don't like to think about what could have yeah been, you no know, definitely yeah definitely learned my lesson the hard way and i hope that this story can help other women to be more aware of the dangers of hospitals and doctors because they they protect themselves first they don't want to get sued they don't want to they got to get in get out they want their money they want the women to have their babies and be out of the hospital as soon as possible so you know with other women in the hospital at the same time as me as many as they were it was like a big rushed experience from start to finish did you talk about um how you tried to look into if you could do anything yeah so i did look into if i could possibly sue the hospital not because like i want to just like get a bunch of money from them but i wanted to see if there was a way that i could get that ob fired because i feel like what she did was horrible horribly wrong and i don't want her to ever do it to another woman yeah um and i called five six law offices and i told them my story and they all were like that is a horrible story we are so sorry that that happened to you but you we can't sue because you aren't permanently physically damaged they were like the only way you can sue a doctor is if you are permanently physically damaged for life so all women there would have to be many like women so it can't be a bunch of women traumatized by one ob no it has to be you are physically maimed for life that's crazy for the rest of your life for that you to even have a case against them not saying that you're even gonna win but just even have a case no matter if you're emotionally damaged no yeah i was like but i have ptsd and they were like they were like we can't there's no laws against that they they were like you can do whatever they were like in michigan doctors can do whatever they want however they want as long as you are not permanently damaged case in point of the sperm guy oh on netflix the sperm (laughs) yeah there was no law against it you just put a sperm and like which is insane. That it's definitely insane. should be illegal. And it wasn't. I'm like, what? Do you have anything else from your postpartum experience that happened or was interesting? How was your engorgement? Did you have that that bad or was that no, fine? No, I, I never really had it. Okay. I mean, my boobs were like rocks when, I, <laughs> when my milk yes. came in. I was like, oh, it's crazy. what is this? And then but when you don't feed in time, and oh, they're just like rocks. It's just like rocks, and it's like yeah. leaking everywhere. I'm yeah, like, it's oh, not fun. Oh my word! I don't like that part of it. Yeah, but thankfully that only lasts a few weeks. Yeah, it doesn't last very long. And then, it, and then long. it regulates out, and then you're fine. Yep. Uh, 
But yeah, no, that was weird. I pumped a lot during that time. Yeah. So I have like so much milk from then. But now that my baby's lactose intolerant, I realized it. I can't really give him any of that milk. So unfortunate. You could probably donate just, it or. Yeah, I'll probably save it till he's a bit older and he can process see. dairy better. Yeah. I might use it as just like a bottle for four beds so I can be done nursing and everything and just give right, that to him right. or something. I mean, it's not like that crazy much. It's probably like. I don't know how much it is, but... Tell us about how your baby did and is doing. My baby's doing good. He's a, he's a sweet baby. He's a big baby. Yep. Um, but he's a sweetie. I love him a lot. He's a... I feel like he's, like, sort of advanced in what he's doing. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I don't know. He's just... Yeah. He's a sweetie. I love him. But he doesn't sleep well at all, which sucks. In the beginning, he, he, he did. He did. He did pretty good he did pretty good for like the first like month and a half and charlie and i were like we're lucking out we're gonna have like we're gonna sleep great like this baby does great and then it all went downhill fast i would say his third month was the hardest for us though I, okay. we found this had him be four months old it's a little bit easier we're getting the hangout a little more um just trying to get him on a schedule more yeah because we're such extroverts we're like always out doing things we're yeah. not home to focus on putting our baby on a perfect schedule or right, anything right right but we're trying to be a little bit more better about, like, a schedule since he's been so rough. Um, but he eats good. He's happy as long as he's fed and he's slept. It's just getting him to those points can be rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the sleep is not great no, for you. Not good at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? It does get better at some point. Can't promise it will be soon because I yeah. don't know. But yeah, yeah, it will. That's the nice thing to know that eventually it will, unless you have a really crazy baby that just never gets better. But that right, is which, so rare. Yeah, I'm I'm expecting him to get better. Um, Hopefully sooner. Anyway, sorry for all our baby sounds in the background. It's probably I know. really loud, but they are that's the way it is at this point in time Welcome right to mom now. Life. Welcome to mom life, those of you who are not moms. Oh, I just want to end, end off by get, if you had any advice for people, and I know you kind of said already, like, mm-hmm. being really careful, like, but if you had anything else, do you have anything else? Is that your main thing takeaway? Yeah, yeah, just be, be, you need to be your own advocate. Yeah. Don't trust the hospitals or the doctors no. to be your advocate. They are not your advocate. Even a midwife, there's midwives that are oh, not yeah. great too They're, out there. Oh, so. For sure. For sure. So make sure you know what you want. Make sure you research. Yes, you should be informed. Yes, honestly. be informed. Um and trust your body. Don't tell don't think the doctors know better than what you do. You are yeah. the mom. You know your baby. You know your body. Trust your gut. Um your body God designed your body to do it. So don't bite it. Don't, yep. you know, don't not listen to it. Um, yeah. All right. Yep. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. I thanks for you. having me. I love <laughs> you too. <laughs> All right. I will see you next time for another episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Theme song brought to you by my husband, Joel Pennings, playing on the bass guitar and myself.